Good morning. This is the Talk About God podcast, and I'm AB. Lord, I just want to thank you today for waking me. Um, I'm not doing so good about getting out of bed early. I know you're waking me up earlier. That I'm actually getting out of bed, and that's probably it's probably why I feel so exhausted, right? That I'm not I'm not listening very well. Um, so I do apologize, but I pray that you please be with me in this day. Allow me to be a blessing to others. Um, so I've been hanging out in what you know, of course, in Psalm nine ninety one. Yeah, Psalm ninety one, and. I am amazed, first and foremost, um, kind of upset with myself that when all of this coronavirus hot mess started, what, are we going on like 17 months or something? It's been a year and a half. It's nuts. Anyway, when it started, I had somebody share this chapter with me and I kept hearing like, you know, all kinds of celebrity preachers and whatever talk about it. And I just, I just didn't. Um, and so it goes a little something like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation." few things father um first and foremost what on earth is a fowler snare um i had to do some research on this and then i felt really really dumb so per the beautiful internet a fowler snare is exactly what you would think it would be if you actually think about it a fowler snare would be a trap such as a net or a box baited with seed or other items that such birds eat in order to attract the birds, which then could be sprung in some faction, um, in order to trap the birds when they stop to consume the bait. Fowl, bird, snare is something you use to trap. Fowler snare. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Father. Um, the second thing, rampart. This is a word I keep hearing. Um, felt super dumb about this one as to, as what, uh, uh, to you see, it's one of those days. Um, And so I had to look that one up too. And Rampart is pretty much just the wall that goes around a city or, you know, it's the big wall that keeps you safe. So there's that. 
Um, but also, this whole last three verses, which I know I've mentioned, is all you speaking about us or about someone. And you say, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I I, I don't know why, but for some reason I was amazed to see that it says that you will honor him. Like, we're supposed to honor you. You're God. You are the most high. You are the almighty. You are everything. And we, little misly humans, we're supposed to honor you. So how insane is it that I read that it's your desire to honor us? It's just something to think about. I... I mean, obviously, I've been getting to know your character more and more. Um, And I have no doubts that this is 110% um, something that you desire. Just because I'm getting to know you more and more. I'm amazed by the fact that everybody's like, oh, you know, God loves us. He sacrificed his son for us. And we're like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, God loves us. But I don't think we really get it. Let's put it this way. I don't really get it. I'm going to be honest. And you know anyway, so there's no point in not. But there's this cynical part of me that's like, yeah, he sacrificed his son, but he knew he was getting him back. Right? And then there's this other part of me as a mother myself that's like, that's great. And even if you knew that you could get your son back, even if you knew, could you watch him be beaten multiple times? Could you watch him slowly suffocate to death? Could you watch him suffer the most horrific torture mankind has ever come up with? Could you do that? I mean, it's okay, right? You're going to get him back. It's no big deal. And I'm not going to lie. The answer for me is no, I couldn't. I couldn't watch. I couldn't, I couldn't set back, especially knowing that I had all the power, all the power. If I created this thing and to know the thing I created is what is doing this to him. My creation that I so love. is literally brutalizing my son right in front of me. And there is no other way, right? I still want to save them. So you're so... My mind goes to the thought that you are so torn by love. The love for your son, but the love for the rest of your children as well. It's just a crazy way to think of it, Lord. 
That's a crazy way to think of it. So thank you. I've never had that um, process before. But anyway. It's nuts. It is nuts. When I really sit there and I think about the fact that what you created is what destroyed your own son. But you still brought good out of it. And he rose again for your glory. Doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Doesn't mean Jesus still would, you know, I'm pretty sure if asked, he would probably still prefer to pass that part on. I mean, sitting in the garden, um, knowing that he was about to die, he literally asked if the cup could be passed. So I know that it wasn't something like he did it and he did it willingly and he didn't fight and he knew, but he, it was not something that he looked forward to. It was not the highlight of his earthly life. I'm sure. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I also have this other thought of because you are so powerful. And of course, I don't know everything. There's so many other spiritual things that I'm... I mean, hello, there's a whole war that is raging. And the enemy is so focused, so desires us to be so focused on the future, right? C.S. Lewis, um, who is just amazing, um, brilliant man, the way he, he knew your word and he understood it and he applied it and he, the way he shared it. Um, there was no mistaking that there is logic in you when you hear C.S. Lewis explain it, but I, I keep talking about the screw tape letters to other people because it, it was a transformative book for me. Um, I heard somebody else talking about how they read it in high school and I wish I was that good. Um, it was a hard read for me in my early twenties and I love to read. Um, but it was a bit above my level at that point in time. And I, it took me days, weeks, um, to get through it of picking it up and putting it down and picking it up and putting it down. But the way he writes this book, um, from the perspective of C.S. Lewis himself just came across these letters and these letters are from a demon, an upper level demon to his demon nephew, who is a lower level demon. And he's basically like training him on how to win souls for the devil and the way he talks about how sickening it is to him that God loves us so right and how it's okay to let them think about the past I mean that's okay um, but the best thing to do the best absolute best thing to do is keep keep us focused on the future because the past is, is somewhat real. I mean, it, it happened. It's tangible. The present is where we really need to be focused if we're going to do work for your glory. Um, so don't, <laughs> don't let them focus there. Um, but the future is, it's a fantasy, right? It's a, a hope and a dream and it's a plan and all of these things that quite literally we have no control over. Um, 
And so it's better to keep us focused on things we have no control over because then we become complacent and then we're easier to win. Whereas if we're focused solely on the here and now and the war that is raging around us, the amount of good we could do for your kingdom is just baffling. Because if we focus on the here and now, I'm going to be present with you here and now. If I'm thinking about the future, I'm not present with you. I'm not in the present. Um, but anyway, it, it just it's always been something that struck me. And then the random different ways that he acknowledges that the enemy uses warfare, right? And, and the ways in which he tempts us. And he's saying that, oh, there was some beautiful ver- like line in there about love and how God could never tempt us to love the way he could tempt us to do, do evil um, because of love itself you have limited yourself. Um, so you can't force us to love you. You can't, you can't really tempt us to love you. Not like he can tempt us to do what is wrong. And I mean, I think that we can all agree that there are things in this world that are so incredibly tempting. I'm not gonna lie. Sugar is so difficult for me. And I know that it's not good for me. Because it causes me all kinds of problems. Um, but it's just, oh, it's so it's so hard for me to say no. And when I don't, right, like when I don't partake in sugar, I'm much more focused and my mind is much more clear because it affects me in so many different ways. And I'm a better version of myself that is more capable of seeing the enemy for who he is and for what he's doing. Whereas when I don't and I give in, which is not like we all do, um, the next day I am swollen. I am lethargic. I am kind of grouchy because of course I'm in pain and, um, you know, stomach issues that last for days, things like this. Like it, it throws off everything to the point that I don't want to live in the present, right? I want to live in the future, the future of when I'm not going to fall for it again. And, um, I don't feel like this, I guess. And of course that leaves me, I guess, missing, missing situations and missing things that, you know, could be beneficial, not only to myself, but to others. And Anyway, I found it all fascinating. And so I thank you. I thank you for your word. Above all, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the conversations um, that you encourage us to have, even when it's not the most polite, right? Things about your character that I... I have to kind of wrestle with um, and talk to you about like those, those things usually um, are not always from the best place in me either. Um, So I thank you for not smiting me and uh, talking it out with me and still helping me work through it. 
I thank you for this day. I thank you for it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous day. It really is. It's nice. Um, so thank you for that. And I just pray that you continue to guide me in everything and allow me to be a blessing to someone else. Lord, I love you. And I thank you. It's in Jesus' amazing name I pray. Amen. So all I can say is get in the word. Um, obviously, there are other books like I'm telling you the screw tape letters you should definitely read it it's it, it's a life changing thing um that I look forward to reading many times um throughout my life and it's I don't know I don't have the words for it you just you just have to read it and it's honest and it's real I mean we are in a spiritual war and I think that's the problem with the church right now is we're we're acting like we're not, um, but we are. And that's why the culture and everything has gone away from God because the enemy knows his time is limited and he's fighting really hard and we are complacent and we're not fighting. And that's a problem. That's a problem. That's going to send a lot of people to hell. And I don't know about anyone else, but I don't wish hell on my worst enemy torture for all of eternity like that's awful I don't know Jesus loved me so much that he forgave me of all of my flaws pretty sure Moses killed more than just one man and he was forgiven like there is nothing that that we cannot be forgiven of nothing that we cannot be forgiven of except for not acknowledging Jesus for who he is that's the one thing now we have to ask for forgiveness we have to repent you can't just acknowledge who Jesus is and then live in complete contradiction to everything he ever taught and expect to get to go to heaven I really sincerely don't believe that to be factual I hope that I'm wrong um, that means that heaven will have a lot more people in it um, than what I personally believe. But there is a reason he railed on the Pharisees so much, asking them to repent and asking them, you know, talking about them being a brood of vipers and, you know, calling them out. Repentance is really important. And it's it's acknowledging that you've screwed up. And it's having a change of mind. It is doing a 180 and looking at what you did differently and choosing not to do it again. So anyway, I pray that the Lord blesses you today. Have a wonderful day. And of course, please get in the word because it's very, very important.